Welcome back to The Shelves Oddities. I'm Serafina. And I'm Ambi. And the oddity that I'm feeling like today... Alright, go on a visual journey with me here. Mm-hmm. I'm like a crystallized black egg that you pulled out of the void. And, like, you don't really know where it came from. And it's definitely got some, like, fuckery purposes to it. Mm. But at, at the end of the day, it's just a little guy. And it's just kind of <laughs> sitting there. And it's just... It's it's just it's there. It's just part of the void. I am part of the void today. Cute little black spooky so. egg. Yeah, I'm just a little black spooky egg. That's but, fun. Uh, yeah. Well, what kind of oddity are you feeling like today? Today, I am feeling like an old Victrola in the woods. Oh. Only playing Hozier's new album, Unreal on Earth. Mm. Mm-hmm. I have only been listening to this album since it came out. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. It is a mm-hmm. 11 out of 10 for me. It's so good. Uh, one day I'm going to tell you the story of our COVID wedding because that story is insane. And I don't think I've ever shared it oh. on the pod. That whole day was fucking crazy. Sounds fun. But we, uh, yeah, but we, um, <laughs> we had planned out a whole wedding and then had to cancel uh-huh. it because of COVID. But I'm oh. telling you most of our wedding playlist for like three hours was just Hozier's music. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't released an album since 2019. So even then, we were getting married in 2020, May 9th of 2020. Um, you know, <laughs> right after everything happened. Um, yeah. But we had to cancel that wedding. So no one ever got to hear that playlist. And he hasn't put out an album since 2009. Or, since 2019. Really? Okay, I was like, 2000, what? <laughs> since 2009. Since 2019. Um, so... I feel very validated in the fact of like our like our anything anyone was gonna be listening to it was like three or four other songs from other people, but mostly Hozier. And then uh, he dropped this album, and the night that it dropped, me and my husband sat in our truck and just listened to the whole album, mm-hmm. and it was so much fun. And ever since then, it's all I've been listening to. It's all I can think about. It's full of so the whole album is based around his experiences and tying them to Dante's Inferno. Which is so creative and just like, I I love that, Hosier. Like, thank you. Like, seriously, thank you for putting time and energy and effort. I really appreciate it. And it's just <laughs> so good. So, like, I'm listening to it all the time. So it's And it's crazy because I plan to do an episode on Dante's Inferno because I now that this album's come out, I've really fallen in love with the themes of it and all of this stuff and how it works. But then I found a, a lot of like modern day references, and I think that's so interesting to like dig through all of that. But basically, like you're just like going through hell until the end, and then like then you can finally ascend, right? So I'm just like in the garden, in the fucking trenches, and then like the last <laughs> song comes on, and you're like, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I listened to it the day it released, um, beginning to end. Um, it's phenomenal. I need to listen to it more. Mm-hmm. Mm, we'll get into why I haven't in a second. You know, I'm gonna let you have. I'm gonna let you have your moment with Hosier. <laughs> it's rough. No, it's rough. I mean, all of his music like makes me feel, and that's mm-hmm. hard. Um, but like, it's also like free therapy, <laughs> and I what love is that. Your, what is your favorite Hosier song? Ooh, mm, don't ask me that. <laughs> I don't. All of them. <laughs> I don't know if mine's like a basic bitch answer, but uh, mm-hmm. mine is Cherry Wine, like the live version. No, I mean it's so good. I I completely understand why. Mine is Run, probably. 
Ooh. off the first <laughs> album. Yeah. Um, if I had to, but I, it's, Jackie and Wilson, I don't know. It's they're all. There's not a single song that I'm like, ugh. Except for the like the ones he does with other people, like not on his own albums, but like the, the like "Tell It to My Heart" song. I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm trying to like feel like I'm floating in a bog. I'm not at, at the club, you know. Yeah, I think like, don't get me wrong. Take me to church is like a phenomenal song, but like, if all you know of his work is "Take Me to Church," you don't know Hosier. Like you just you just don't because. No. God, it's so much more complex, and and take me to church is, is is great. So like, I feel you there because like a lot of people they just know that song, and I'm like, yo, you really gotta like, when working song, oh, uh, that's what's called, right? Work song, yeah. Work man. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Did you see that he and Noah Khan sang it together over the weekend? I did see that. Yeah. So cute. It's so good. I love both of them. Um, yeah, definitely. Take me to church. Uh, is still good, even all this far long. But it's I can still listen to it. Like Harry Styles, love Harry Styles. Every song a banger. But Watermelon Sugar, I want to die every time I hear it. Where Take Me to Church comes on, and I'm like, okay, I can vibe. I feel that. Can you believe that? Like that was like the first song he ever mm. like sung live like and really? now, like, yeah what his voice is now it's so crazy and uh he actually wrote that song because there was a group it's actually interesting i'm not gonna imply anything just <sighs> y'all y'all can make your own decisions about what i'm about to say but there was this group of people in russia who were targeting gay men and pretending to like it's basically to like uh, catfish them and would then attack them once they got there and it was like a whole movement that was happening in russia that was going along with this like anti-gay propaganda um and that was in like 2009 i think and he saw those headlines and saw what was happening and he made that song in response to it oh i didn't know that i thought yeah. he just was getting some good pussy <laughs> no it's <laughs> like, yeah it's I'm actually to you. <laughs> yeah I mean that's uh, that's the other songs. That's the, that's the other songs. <laughs> Yo, I saw a TikTok um, mm-hmm. that, honest to God, like so. I have not been in the greatest emotional state lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to besides "Bad Idea," right by Livy Rodrigo, and "Paint mm-hmm. the Town Red" by Doja Cat. I've listened to only three songs on repeat for about the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you these three songs real quick, and that's gonna tell you everything you need to know. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Delicate by Taylor Swift. All right. New Year's Day by Taylor Swift. Okay. And Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. Mmm, bitch, that's, you said what you said. So that's where we're at. Um, All right. That being said, so like it, it's it's actually been like a, a line of depression. So like typically when I'm like kind of going through my depression, whatever, um, I'm just kind of there. I'm not too sad. I'm not too happy. I'm just very in the moment. I'm just I'm existing. I am the void egg. Yeah. Um, so you're void egg. Yeah, but I've been very devoid of just like laughter or humor recently. Mm. This TikTok, it's this dude, and he's just like sitting there and he's just like staring into the woods. 
and he's got like flannel on he's got like a scruffy beard and he goes if i look like hosier maybe some fairy wood nymph will come out and fuck me <laughs> and give me some of this magical enchanted pussy that this man keeps fucking singing about because who has it this good to make this man sound like this <laughs> it starts playing a clip of one of his songs and when i tell you i was actually in tears like from that tiktok bro like it, I I, it was just so funny to me <laughs> he's like it can't be this good <laughs> Yeah, that man, he yearns. He's a yearner. Yes. And uh, he's he's making you hear about it, for sure. And it's and just... So, <laughs> that's so funny. And uh, I understand. I, was and like, I do understand. hysterical. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's hilarious. He's done a lot of, like, uh, press, uh, you know, with this new album coming out. More press than he did for any of his other albums. Yeah. And... Um, he was like, you know, they, where they do like the reading of the thirst tweets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, God, give me a chance to disappoint you. <laughs> because everyone's <laughs> like, he could do anything. Like, um, because he does, he does. He writes about women. And uh, so, some of my favorite tweets are about that, where it's like, uh, God made men and then sent Hosier as an apology. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> And I love that one. It's really funny. My favorite one was uh, the night of the release when like everyone's listening to it and Twitter's going crazy. And someone was like, if I'm mentally ill and you're mentally ill, Hozier, who the fuck is flying the plane? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I always call it free therapy. Um, mm. But I also I call it the reason I need therapy. So it's like it's a one two punch, basically. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's good. Yeah, when you're in like a better emotional state, or maybe not, maybe that's what you need. You just need to listen to it and like lay in a bathtub and cry. <laughs> See, I'm just so um caught up in how I'm feeling about things right now that yeah. the only three songs that are speaking to me are the three I mentioned until I, I just want to feel like a bad bitch. And then I'm like, all right, Olivia Rodrigo, or I'm like, all right, Doja Cat. Like Doja Cat, you're a horrible human being. Um, but God, is this song amazing? So I'm gonna. <laughs> it's not even that good of a song, but why does it make me feel like a bad bitch? I don't know. It's just really catchy. But I'm just like I fuck with it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I get it. It's catchy. She's really been going through it with whatever the hell she's trying to do. I don't really understand it, but Homegirl knows how to make a bop. I mean, I'll Dude, give it to her. I- and so like when i'm like coming like when i i get these little random peak like manic highs i'm like i'm yeah this isn't so bad that i'm like boom doja cat olivia rodrigo and like 30 <laughs> minutes later i'm like it's not okay it was never okay <laughs> that was a bad idea right <laughs> hey <laughs> uh, so yes i'll leave the rest of the hojo talk for our music podcast because uh whenever that happens yeah, I could really go on. I could go. I literally was like, I can make just a Hozier podcast where we just talk about every single song and like uh, we just do all of the literary references and everything because yeah, every song is a fucking masterpiece, dog. Yeah, I'm here for it, bro. Hell yeah. Uh, before we get into today's topic, I did want to talk about our schedule a little bit. Uh, we had originally planned to take all of September off to get ready for October our Dear Ambies episode today that I really want to get into. Uh, and then I am going to finally give the people what they want, and I'm going to do the Library of Alexandria history episode. Whoa. Oh, 
Someone's, someone's yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah, I am. Just showing you support. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to have a Queer Fear episode return. And then we're going to take about a two-week break in September to prepare for October. And with our odd October, as always, we will be doing two episodes a week. Uh, that'll be, I think we're going to do the Monday, Thursday thing again. It worked well last year. Um, so yes, so get excited for October. I know it's the end of August. This will come out. This will actually come out the first week of September, huh? Mm-hmm. Are we even taking a two-week break? I guess we're taking, Are we a, taking bre- a break, Sarah. We're just Are taking we a, a, a one-week break at the end of September. <laughs> like, are um, we even taking a break? Uh, no, I just keep pushing it back because we just have so many fun ideas that it's hard not to like keep recording. Maybe, maybe we're gonna take like a, a November break. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, we're we're gonna take a one week break in September, and then we're taking all, in November. You won't hear from our asses. <laughs> For me, this is like really fresh because like I'm just the friendly neighborhood co-host who like stepped in. Right, I'm the I'm the step host i'm this step host that stepped up um <laughs> i'm not the step it's host so like, it's so like <laughs> so like <laughs> oh my gosh it's so, so like this is really fresh for me so i'm like i could do this every week you're right. like i just need a little break a little breather a crumb a crumb of rest <laughs> i just need to take a day <laughs> and i was like hey bestie when are we recording I know, but I also like I love recording with you, but I also just freaking love doing this podcast. So I'm like, yeah, we'll take a break. No, no, we won't. Uh, we we will be taking one week. We'll take one week of September, and then uh, yeah, October is gonna be wall to wall crazy. Um, so look forward to that. We've already started mapping out a lot of our episodes, and I just am very excited. I can't wait. It's of course it's our season you know it's it's the odd october season and i can't wait it was like 70 the uh, the high was 78 the other day and since then i've been full into fall like i don't care that it's now 105 outside real feel like it's fall to me gilmore girls is on i got you know i'm making some pumpkin spice something and i'm ready Let's see where I'm sitting at. The hyper today, like, so Texas has kind of given us some relief. It's getting down to like the 94, 92 range, but I'm so pretty over it. There's been a lot of people on Facebook, which is such a funny thing to say now. But like, there's been so many people who have been like, so if we all think really hard together, you think it'll snow tomorrow? Because we're all over (laughs) it. Like, it's just been such a hot year. Our spring was a drought. We didn't even have a spring. We had 42 days of no rain in spring. And since then, it's just been 100 degrees real feel every single day. I'm ready. I'm ready for fall. So I'm thinking, like, if I can manifest that it's already odd October, like, we're going to be we're gonna be in it. And it's going to feel like it. Um, also, I would just like to say, um, I was like, yeah, we're going to take all of September off because I'm making all of my clothes to wear to Salem. <laughs> So I'm going to, have I talked about this on the pod? I don't remember. I'm going back to Salem in the fall because I'm obsessed. If you haven't listened to our Salem episodes, I can't, you, you got to listen to them to get the real feel of how I feel about Salem, which is that I love it so much. It's my Mecca. I cannot wait to go back. Um, Salem brought me and Sarah together. It did. Oh, Salem, so, and, Salem and Erie. I'm so sad that you won't be there. But anyway, um, I yeah, I made the decision that I'm going to make all of my clothes. And um, I've been doing that. I have 
an out one outfit done and a skirt like the bottoms of another outfit done but I'm like, why? What am I? So we're not taking a break from the podcast. We're also doing all of October's content. And I have to make like three other pieces. Like I'm crazy. I'm cracked out right now, dude. Hey, man, it's manic productivity. And honestly, I dig it. All right. Well, hey, I'll take that. Yeah. Goodness. All right. Well, let's give me a break. You want to teach the people something? <laughs> Ooh. Okay. All right. So recently, um, I was called out mm. in a way that I was... Um, a little appalled by, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, frankly, 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 I don't remember being asked about El Chupacabra. Every MFR that grows up in the state of Texas knows about El Chupacabra. Okay, so we're going to start. You want me there. to post the screenshots? <laughs> post the screenshot. Pull out the receipts, please. All right, sounds good. Um, So... I was planning a different episode, and then in the back of my mind, I was like, I am going to do an episode on Texas cryptids. I'll get to it eventually, blah, blah, blah. Then I listened to um, the episode with my two co-hosts, and I'm like, ah, that's how we're playing it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I took Texas cryptids, and I pushed it to the forefront of my priorities list. Um, What I learned Uh is there's not that many, or there's not that much, like, Real specific, real well-known with, like, stories and, like, this happened and that happened, blah, blah, blah. But I found enough info on, let me double-check here, I think about four of them that I figured with the way you and I make conversation, we can get a decent little episode out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And so I went ahead and made that a priority, and uh, we're going to learn about some Texas cryptids to get today folks yay my bullying worked exactly how i wanted it to (laughs) all right we're gonna start with the wampus cat have you ever heard of the wampus cat Mm, i don't think i have i like the name though right just a little guy just a little wampus guy um so a lot of this information i pulled off of cryptid wiki and then i found a good couple of like um YouTube videos and stuff, and I'll make sure that Serafina gets those sources so we can properly, properly thank our people. Mm-hmm. But um, so there are many tales of the Wampus Cat in Cherokee mythology. In one tale, the Wampus Cat is known as the Iwa, a Cherokee woman who did not trust her husband. This woman's husband went out to hunt with his fellow warrior. Suspicious, the woman put on a mountain lion coat and went to spy on him. When she was found out, the medicine man punished her by forcing her to wear the skin forever, transforming her into the wampus cat. Whoa. So, first off, let's describe what a wampus cat looks like, right? So, it looks like a typical mountain lion with six legs. So, he's got, like, front paws, back paws, even, like, middle paws. Hmm. Sturdy. Um, Yeah, he's a sturdy boy. Uh, I mean, otherwise, like, he quite literally just looks like a cat, like a mountain, a mountain lion. Um, they do typically walk on their bipedal, so they walk on their hind legs and kind of stand up, and I guess their arms are just like, wah! Um, it has a screech that is three times the pitch and tenor of a normal mountain lion, so I would assume that, I mean, if you guys have ever heard a mountain lion go off, man, that shit must be terrifying. Um... So with our very first story, we have a good old-fashioned example of women expecting to be subservient to their husbands. You know, mm-hmm. we love that. 
Um, it's, it's wonderful, Texas. right? <laughs> hey, this is Cherokee culture, right? <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, so you know, the woman, the woman wasn't feeling it, and she got turned into a, a evil creature as a result. Um, so that's what we're working with here. And then in another tale, so another tale tells the story of a husband and wife, Standing Bear and Running Deer. Standing Bear, the strongest warrior, went out to battle with the Iwa, who was terrorizing their village. Eventually, Standing Bear returned, driven insane by the Iwa and a shell of the warrior he once was. Running Deer wanted revenge for her husband and went to the shamans, who gave her the mask of a bobcat's face and covered her body with black paste to hide her scent. After days of searching for the Iwa, Running Deer finally saw it and crept up to surprise it. Having seen her bobcat mask, the Iwa's magic turned in on itself, banishing it for good. It is said that Running Deer's spirit now inhabits the Wampus Cat, who continues to watch over and protect her village. So, when a little bad guy to good guy story here. I like that one. I just, I guess I'm confused by it. I don't understand. It just saw the mask and... Like when it says the magic turned in on itself, what a I don't I'm my, just a little confused here. My thought would be like like it was it was scared. Mm-hmm. And it like turned it's like it like tucked its tail and ran. It was like, oh shit, that me. And just kinda like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so then it says, uh so then I just kinda pulled this little quote off of um the wiki, but it says there aren't many stories of regular sightings of the Wampus Cat in regards to a specific place or time. Uh, but the creature is a part of Native American folklore. So, you know, I just wanted to bring up this little guy. That's really, like, all I could find on him. But I thought the two stories were dynamic enough. I thought they were pretty interesting. And he just looks kind of cute. Like, I'm going to have to send you a picture of him. I just want to hug him. I love that you keep calling him a him as if it's not both stories are a female. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you misgender our cryptids, okay? Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that I like the second story more because I think that there's something to be said about like a woman's rage and like yeah. protecting her family. It like turn it's like uh, we you see that a lot in like cryptids or you see that a lot within history is like uh like you know, hell hath no fury. And uh I think it, I think that's interesting. It's interesting to think about an animal with six legs, though. I don't know if I love right? that. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, like, I thought it was fascinating. I love Native American folklore in general. Yeah, me too. Um, and I like the fact that this story seems to be specific to Cherokees that made their homes in made their home in Texas. <sighs> um, and I guess I do agree with you. I like the way that it, 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 in one story, it's like this meddling woman who's punished by man because you should have trust your man. And then in like another story, it's like, no, she's like sticking up for her man. Like the woman is like the backbone of the relationship. And she like banishes this like evil creature that like, you know, broke her man basically. And now she's like protecting him and all the other villagers. I don't know. It's neat. I like it. Yeah, I, I I like it as well. That's fun. I, the Wampus Cat. I've never heard of it. A Wampus Cat. How interesting. So then we have Frank Shaw's Gargoyle. So what? Frank Shaw's Gargoyle. Okay, like Frank Shaw as like a person, a like person. Frank. Like it's his gargoyle. Frank Shaw. Okay. Yeah, it is specific to Mister Shaw apparently. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, good for him. <laughs> so in 1986, a NASA archivist named Frank Shaw encountered a creature that haunted him for the rest of his life. While leaving work, Shaw looked up and saw the pitch-black monster perched on the roof of a building. He described the cryptid as being a large, human-like figure wearing a long cape with two massive wings. When the archivist reported the incident to his boss, he was made aware of a secret file that NASA had been keeping on the creature. Not many specific stories of this gargoyle are known to the public, but this story and knowing that NASA has a file on this monster is enough to send chills up my spine. You know, NASA's over there just like, yo, dude, you saw the gargoyle? This guy saw the gargoyle. That is crazy. So before we get like into more specifics of the story, um, let's just run down in typical folklore what a gargoyle is. Um, gargoyles okay. are typically depicted as winged humanoid as a winged humanoid race with demonic features, horns, tails, talons, beaks, whatever. Gargoyles can generally use their wings to fly or glide and are often depicted as having a rocky hide or being capable of turning into stone in one way or another. If they don't have wings, they will scale the building's outer walls or either walk streets at night. Gargoyles are known to protect buildings from evil spirits. In some variations, gargoyles are used as evil beings that eat humans, torture them, and eat their flesh, etc., etc. I love gargoyles. <laughs> you're, all, you're all about it. I do. Yeah, I've, I've been all in on gargoyles for like my whole life. Like even when I was like a little kid, I just love them. Have you guys talked about them? I, I was. I didn't think you had. I kind of tried to like. Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, Not yet. So, I mean, I just, so I typed in, um, you know, Frank Shaw's Gargoyle, and I found this, like, fascinating little piece from, like, it's like an article that was written about it. Um, so it says, mm -hmm. so basically, you know, Shaw sees the Gargoyle, he runs home, and this is kind of like a recounting. So it says, Shaw told his awestruck family that not only had he seen this creature, but it had stared directly down at him. Shaw would later assert that he believed that this being actually seemed to be savoring the fact that it had managed to inspire such terror in the archivist. How Shaw came to this conclusion was not fully explained. The gargoyle seemed to unfurl its wings, which Shaw stated made a crackling noise as it took flight in the powerful howling gust. The sound of the crackling wings seemed to snap Shaw out of his stupor, in which he turned and sprinted towards his vehicle, and then eventually made it home. Um, and yeah, that's literally... All the information that's known on Frank Shaw's gargoyle. I just thought it was neat, you know. NASA has a has a has a file on a gargoyle. Um, I love that. Just a little bat boy, you know, hanging out. Yeah, just scaring um, people. Well, I mean, it's his job, right? If it's a gargoyle, it's his job. So, like, of course, he would savor your terror, Frank, because he was he was clocked in. <laughs> My guy was on shift. Um. It's interesting, though, like, how did everyone find out about it? Like, did Frank just, like, go home and, like, put up, like, a status on Facebook? I mean, like, how did everyone find out about his, like, one sighting of this gargoyle? So I know it happened in 1986, and NASA basically told him, like, yo, dude, it's in your best interest to not talk about this. Um, mm -hmm. And I know it was kept quiet for a while, and then sometime around the mid-2000s, his daughter started to kind of like recount oh. and tell, tell about it and kind of start informing people about it. Yeah. Those damn kids. <laughs> but according to my research, NASA was like, yeah, I need you to forget about that, my guy. 
Yeah, see, that's what I was assuming. And they'd be like, hey, y'all, like, don't talk about this. And then the daughter's like, just get in. <laughs> yeah, I just love the fact that it's like, here's a super important space station. And NASA's over here like, dude, this guy saw the gargoyle. <laughs> like, you can't talk about it. Like, what? What? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Uh, where is NASA in Texas? Uh, I want to say it's a little bit outside of Houston, but give me one. That's, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Where is NASA located in Texas? Uh, da, 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 da. Yep, southeast of downtown Houston in the Clear Lake area. That's what I thought, but yeah, I, I just wasn't sure. Um, that is crazy. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff to see in Houston, and I mean, Frank Shaw really really got the tailwind of it. <laughs> so here's my question. If, if you were a skeptic, what, like, what's to say you're a skeptic? Oh, I don't think he saw a gargoyle. What do you think the man saw that had him that terrified? Like what, like what could it have been? Um, I guess I would have to look at the building. You know, if I could see the building and where it's from and like what the weather conditions were that night, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, because in theory, it's like, well, it could have been a shadow. If there's like trees around and it was a windy, you know what I mean? Like it could have just been like a perfectly timed shadow. Um, or it could have been an owl. Mm -hmm. Like a big ass owl. I don't know what kind of wildlife y'all got down there. There's owls for sure. Um, but, you know, there's like, you know, there's some big ass birds. So I, <laughs> I always assume when it comes to like a winged thing that it's an owl because owls are crazy. <laughs> um, but I'm not a skeptic. So part of me is like, I don't even think like, did he see a gargoyle or did he see Mothman? Like, did anything happen in like the next? I love that you said that because it even notes on like the cryptid wiki page um, that the story bears a lot of resemblance to sightings of Mothman mm -hmm. and that, you know, it could possibly have been like a unique sighting of Mothman in Texas. And it was just deemed a gargoyle due to like, you know, how he described it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it's definitely possible. It's also, you know, if we're going to go down the rabbit hole of believing Mothman exists, <laughs> it's not like he couldn't have family. It's not like there couldn't be Mothmen, you know, oh, you think he's fucking, I mean, he could be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but, like, you know, a desert mothman would be a little rocky. Yeah, true. You know, like a little, mm -hmm. got to blend in with your scenario. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard for me to look at things through the eyes of a skeptic for the most part because I'm like, well, he said he looked at it, right? Like, yeah. they made eye contact. So, like, was it a human face and eyes? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not a skeptic either, but I'm like, okay, if I were a skeptic, yeah, how would you? And he literally says, like, he stared into it. He described the wings. He described the face. He says that it like took off flying. Like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, he definitely saw something, and also like it just could be alien. He's at NASA. I mean, the fact that NASA was like, yo, shut up, <laughs> yo, dog. Uh, we're gonna tell you a lot more about this, and you ain't allowed to say nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's Frank Shaw's gargoyle. It's NASA's gargoyle. Good, good try, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then we have so this one. Not too much to say on it. Which is just like a lot of these. I'm sorry. However, I love this story because it is the most ridiculously Texan thing ever, and I wanted you to hear it so badly. Okay. So this is called the Cato Critter. Have you heard of the Cato Critter? Sure haven't. 
Okay, so it is a Sasquatch-like cryptid that was sighted several times in the 1960s around the lakeside town of Cato, Texas. The cryptid was said to have been almost 8 feet tall and covered with thick gray fur. Alright, you ready for this line? It's the most Texas thing you're ever going to hear. Uh-huh. A well-known rancher said he saw the beast and shot at it almost 10 times <laughs> with his handgun. <laughs> Shoot first, ask questions later. You gotta. It's Texas, baby. (laughs) Just like, dude, (laughs) what the fuck is that? Like, what? Bop, bop. Like, dude. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. (laughs) And then it says, a small boy claimed to have seen the ape along the shore while on a fishing trip. The same creature was possibly sighted almost 70 miles away in a small town in Haskell, Texas, and was nicknamed the Haskell Rascal. The Haskell Rascal. That's the most Texas thing I've ever heard. I love it so much. (laughs) So uh, this is a direct eyewitness account. So this gentleman named Charlie Gant witnessed the creature um, at around 1130 at night, two consecutive nights in a row in July of like 1960-something, 63? And it says that Gant, this is our gentleman that he apparently has the aim of a stormtrooper, unloaded his gun at the critter, but apparently missed. Unloaded 10 bullets on that dude and missed every time. Um, it says that the media covered the story and were convinced that people had something and were had seen something and were generally con- or genuinely concerned, if not scared. A reporter by the name of Howard Roberts wrote that every yard was lit up by outside lights and the entire populace was armed. They were sitting up late at night to shoot whatever it was. Oh, the neighborhood watch was out. Yeah, the entire community was ready to bring that MFR down, bro. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. And it's just the most, like, you want to hear about Texas cryptids? Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> See, but this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to know that the entire town came together. <laughs> to hunt something. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Yeah, so that's really all there is on the Kato Critter. Alright, good to know. And then, so this is our last little guy here. Okay. He's a big little guy. Mm -hmm. We got the El Chupacabra. Let's get into it. So, Chupacabra literally translates to goat sucker. From the Spanish. mm -hmm, From the Spanish chupa, and then which means sucks, and cabras, which means goats. It is a legendary creature in the folklore of parts of the Americas. The name comes from the animal's reported vampirism. The chupacabra is said to attack and drink the blood of livestock, including goats. So, like, he a little cannibalistic, too. Mm-hmm. So, physical descriptions of the creature vary, and in Puerto Rico and in Latin America, it is generally described as a heavy creature, reptilian and alien-like, Roughly the size of a small bear and with a row of spikes reaching from the neck to the base of a tail. While in the southwestern United States, it is depicted as more dog-like. So just like a little guy. Um, In 1975, a series of livestock killings in the small town of Moca, Puerto Rico were attributed to El Vampiro de Moca, the vampire of Moca. Initially, it was suspected that the killings were committed by a satanic cult. Love that. Later, more killings were reported around the island, and many farmers reported loss of animal life. 
Each of the animals were reported to have had its body bled dry through a series of small circular incisions. The first reported attack, eventually attributed to the actual chupacabras, occurred in March 1995. Eight sheep were discovered dead in Puerto Rico, each with three puncture wounds in the chest area, and reportedly completely drained of blood. A few months later, in August, an eyewitness named Madeline Tolentino reported seeing the creature in a Puerto Rican city of Canovanas, where as many as 150 farm animals and pets were reportedly killed. All drained of blood and all with the same three matching three incision puncture wounds in the chest area. What do we think about that? <sighs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this is like a, a, this is a huge cryptid, right? I mean, this oh, is, yeah. this is someone who, I've heard about, I think like almost my whole life. Like he's mm -hmm. really, uh, he's really out there. Um, I think I've heard a lot more, um, of like the satanic side of things or just like, uh, cause cool. you know, anything that's like a goat is automatically Satan. A little Satan related. Yeah. You know? Um, so I've always kind of, had that in mind but i also i mean it's not you know i'm not really and I'm, I'm not married to that idea you know it's not something that i'm always down for because goats are already weird <laughs> like, yeah, they really are yeah goats are already <laughs> odd um on their own so i think that if i am putting on my skeptic hat what else could it be? I don't know, dog. Like what? Well, like there's been so many sightings. So I don't mean to be like, okay, hold on. So mm -hmm. I know I'm like I'm supposed to teach people this episode. Mm -hmm. But even when I was doing my research, I've never heard about like satanic connections with chupacabra. Do you want to fill us in on that? Oh, um, sure. I mean, I'm just going off of memories. Um, yeah, yeah. From what I remember, people saying or. Because, you know, there used to be, like, shows about, you know, well, I'm sure there's still shows that are like that. But um, there was at one point in Mexico, like, a family that was really, like, consistently losing farm animals. Uh, and they happened to see, like, this goat sucker. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. they were believed that it was like a curse because they had like found like weird ritual stuff in like the, their woods. Mm -hmm. um, so of course, you know, in, in any religious, uh, anyone who's going to be religious is going to be like, it's Satan. Um, and so I think they were believing that like a satanic cult was trying to push them off their land. So that way they could have um, like the full farm was kind gotcha. of the idea. I think that that was uh, there was also some like satanic panic thing going around as well. I don't know if it was Texas. I feel like it could have been Texas, but I also feel like it might have been New Mexico uh -huh. or Arizona, maybe somewhere over on the more western side, um, where like there was like a whole town that was like, "There's clearly a satanist somewhere in our town because we keep dealing with these attacks." Uh -huh. So, like, there's been this, like, weird thread of it. But I think, once again, it just is because it's a goat. 
Yeah, I was going to ask. You just said that, but I was going to ask, do you think it's literally just because it's a goat? <laughs> yeah, I think it's literally just because it's a goat. I, I, I can't think of any other reason why people would assume the two. It's mm-hmm. not like any Satanists have come out and been like, yeah, dog, we summoned that goat that sucks the blood out of your farm animals. Like, <laughs> We summoned this dude out of the void, okay? We're yeah. metal. Right, exactly. Um, which I think is interesting. I mean, I also don't really understand what Satanists would have to gain from that. Yeah, and then I guess, like, for me, I think it, I mean, let's just talk this as an overall arching topic it has to be something 150 farm animals and pets killed in the exact same manner in the exact same way like that can't be coincidence right but then also is it some kind of undiscovered species could it be like a bat is it some kind of a bat or something or like what see, and, and like people but bats don't typically like vampire bats do exist yeah but like they don't they're they're so small that it's not like they're big enough to take down like a whole animal. You know what I mean? Like drain the blood completely. Yeah. And 150, I mean, that thing is hungry. It's put in work. <laughs> Which, you you think you would find it. But then at that point, like, is it some kind of evil, demonic, whatever, cryptid? Because like, is it just doing it to do it? Just killing to kill? Is it just going to kill? Some animals do. Like There's 150, some animals, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a lot. Well, and that's the thing. That's 150 in one area where there have been these the specific types of killings. Um, I guess in... I don't know, because what's the other scenario? Like a snake was running loose, but snakes don't drink blood. Right. So, like, what's that mean? You know, what does... I, yeah, that one is always so interesting to me because it's like, unless it's like people going around pranking, like it's like a crop circle type thing, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't really understand it. I, uh, that one to me is only ever going to yeah, breed mystery. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's only ever going to breed mystery for me because if people can't explain it, of course, they're going to come up with whatever they want. But to me, it, I mean, it definitely... The scenario that I see or keep seeing with a lot of cryptids is like, you brought it up earlier. Like, what is it? A type of animal that we just haven't figured out? But it's like, couldn't that be all cryptids? Like, if Bigfoot's real, is Bigfoot just a species we don't know yet? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do I think that there definitely could be something out there that we that's just the smartest thing that's never been caught? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's possible. Um I mean, like, you know, because like you said, like, especially out of this list, El Chupacabra is definitely the biggest known cryptid for sure. Um, Yeah. So I just wanted to, like, just kind of power through a couple of, like, pop culture references. Um, So the debut album of Amani Coppola is titled Chupacabra, which is, like, cool. Hmm. Go for it, girl. If you're a a creature that sucks the blood out of goats, go off, honey. Um, Go off. The myth of the Chupacabra, this is so bad. The myth of the Chupacabra is mocked in the 2012 episode Chupacabra of the cartoon series South Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. I didn't know that one. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. The Chupacabra was included as one, and I didn't know this was a thing, as one of several vinyl figurines in the Cryptozoic Entertainment's Cryptkins Blind Box toy line in 2018. Have you heard oh, of yeah. the Cryptkins? 
Yeah, I have. I haven't. That sounds amazing. They're really cute. I want one. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Um, the search for a chupacabra was featured in a 1997 The X Files episode, El Mundo Gira. It's so good. Is it? Yeah. Check it I out. The X Files, though. In the Jackie Chan Adventures episode, The Curse of El Chupacabra, Jackie Chan's friend, El Toro, gets scratched and infected by a chupacabra, causing him to transform into a chupacabra every night, much like a werewolf. That's hilarious. Um, chupacabra. I didn't, know that, I didn't know Jackie Chan was like up to that kind of stuff. I, I guess so, dude. He was solving mysteries. Love that. Chupacabra was the self. Was, or I'm sorry. Chupacabra was the title of the mid-season finale of season four of the supernatural drama television series Grimm in December 2014. I didn't know about that. Yeah, me too. Love me some Grimm. It's so good. Oh yeah. And then the Adventures of Chupacabra Charlie is a children's book by Frederick Luis Ardama and Chris Escobar about a polite ten-year-old chupacabra who yearns for adventure beyond the edge of Los Estados Unidos, the United States. And it was published in 2020. Wait, I love that. I want to check that out. I really do. I feel like I need to um, like get that for all of my friends who are going to have kids. Like, Just have that stocked up. Yes. And then uh, something that we haven't talked about much on this pod. Um, but I am a huge Scooby-Doo nerd. All mm-hmm. the little oddlings out there, just so you guys are aware. Me too. Um, so there is Scooby-Doo Monster of Mexico uh, was a movie. Let me see when this movie was released. Monster of Mexico, Scooby-Doo. 2003. Oh, I was so close. Wow. I'm old because I really yeah. thought that was like 2010s. No, um, I, kn- I knew it was in the, the beginnings. And yeah, so it's just a movie, right? There's a chupacabra. What I find so interesting is that Scooby-Doo basically makes him look like Ape Man. Yeah. He's literally just like a gorilla. I don't really um, understand that one either. No, but I love the movie. I love Charlene, um, one of the main characters, and she's always making them hot cocoa. And mm-hmm. like, she's just so. I don't even know. She reminds me of like. Like a badass villainess. She's just so smooth with it. She's got that like smooth southwestern charm to her. And she's got the slight little accent. I mean, there's the chihuahua that Scooby Doo falls in love with, which, like, that ain't gonna work, buddy. You're gonna break that little girl. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's really that. That's El Chupacabra. Fun. That's so much fun. Okay. I have to tell you something that's really funny. Okay. So after the last episode, when we were talking about Texas cryptids and Courtney had said, well, you might have to teach him about some of that. I started doing some research. Okay. And I found the funniest article in my entire life. Okay. It's from the Houston press. And you want to talk about Texas. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. The title is no one shot Bigfoot. But here's five Texas cryptids you could. <laughs> and then they tell you about cryptids. And then they give you weapon suggestions. No. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Okay. All right, please, please. Okay, so the chupacabra, right? Seen all over the southern United States and fairly common in Texas is the famous goat sucker. This dog-like creature kills farm animals and drinks their blood, has bulbous, hellish eyes, 
and sports spikes down the raw. Down the raw? Down the raw? Hate it. Uh, an irritated looking skin on its back. Okay. We're, we're painting a, an image here. It's a, re, uh, it's a fairly recent cryptid with sightings only dating back to the 1990s. And in almost every case, carcasses claimed to be the creature turn out to be coyotes inflicted with mange. Since that's the closest we have for a solid physiological basis, we'll proceed from there. A How do people say things with guns? Is it a point two two three or is it just a two two three? It's a two two three. Okay, so a two two three or bigger will be fine with a three oh eight, a thirty thirty, or any other common round being up to the task. Even your average pistol will probably do the trick, making Chupacabra a good beginner monster hunting target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. What else do we have on here that we've talked about? Oh, this is interesting. So there's something called the Houston Batman. Okay. Uh, which I would assume would have to be the same as his, the gargoyle, Frank Shaw's gargoyle. Oh, I wonder. So here's what they say about this. Our own Batman, which like Batman, get another name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I don't, we already have Robert Pattinson. What do we, what do you, it's our own bat uh, spaceman. It's not a not, Batman. Yeah, not Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Um, our own Batman hasn't been seen since it was originally on front page news in the 1950s, though, like the similar spring heel Jack, our subsequent, uh, assaults and other encounters have possibly been loosely linked to the terrifying specter standing more than six feet tall with enormous black wings. When first seen, he appeared to be dressed with a heavy leather outfit, like a paratrooper, and he emitted a bright radioactive glow. Whether he can fly or not is a matter of debate, but he is capable of quickly disappearing in an unearthly and mysterious manner. Um, now, there are all sorts of advice I received about taking down the Batman. <laughs> what a funny sentence. <laughs> but after a short talk with the legal department on how wise it was for me to suggest people to take to the streets with high-powered weaponry shooting at every black shadow they see in hopes of netting a monster, I am going to suggest non-lethal means of attack. Well, very progressive, Houston Press. <laughs> Um, your best bet is probably Taser XREPs uh, or okay. XREPs. Uh, the massive shells can be fired from a, any shotgun and offer a range of almost 100 feet. The spike tips are sharp enough to penetrate the Batman's leather outfit and deliver the standard electric shock of other Taser devices. It's an expensive option, mind you. Five rounds will cost $800, but no one said monster hunting was cheap. That's probably why Rick Dreyer freezes ape costumes and charges people to look at them instead. Who's Rick Dreyer? I have no clue. Oh my god, is the Houston press like going after someone? I gotta look up Rick Dreyer now. <laughs> he, oh, he's Sounds a he's an American Bigfoot hoaxer. Oh, okay, okay. That's really interesting. I, I, did he get what happened? So okay, now okay, this episode's taking a turn. We're we're deep diving. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Oh, okay. Now the headline makes more sense. In 2012, Dyer claimed to have killed a Bigfoot-like creature in San Antonio in early September. According to Dyer, he lured the Bigfoot out using pork ribs from Walmart, doused <laughs> in a special barbecue sauce that he attached to trees. This is so Texas. <laughs> please, please continue. 
Honestly, <laughs> if you're trying to get me out, I get it. a special barbecue sauce. With the, if the ribs are cooked, I'm down. Let's go. Um, <laughs> of the experience, he told Esquire magazine, we nailed them all around the trees. And then that night we heard Bigfoot come back. I chased him down in the middle of the night. I shot him once. He ran. I shot him again. He claimed that an unnamed university in Washington state had tested the creature's DNA and told Dyer that it was an unknown species. Oh, Dyer's accomplice and self-proclaimed Bigfoot skeptic, Alan Isolib, or Musky Alan of Wakanda. Of Wakanda? Of Wakanda? Wakanda. W-A-U-C-O-N-D-A, Illinois. Wakanda? Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, he claimed to have inspected Dyer's Bigfoot in Las Vegas in February 2013 and proclaimed it to be the real thing. That's like six months later. He shot this thing in September of 2012. And then in 2013, a, a self-proclaimed Bigfoot skeptic. What does that mean? A self-proclaimed Bigfoot skeptic. Is there anything other? I mean, hold on. A So a self-titled right bigfoot skeptic self-proclaimed bigfoot i feel like you would just say he's a bigfoot skeptic i don't see why you like did the national bigfoot society be like no this guy's a skeptic we're deeming him a skeptic like yeah right that's like what's the other option there's only self-proclaimed yeah you're right he's just skeptic (laughs) that's redundant (laughs) what do you mean self-proclaimed look it's an article out of houston Um, we're doing our best in texas right yeah this was in vegas i don't know really also he he packed up Bigfoot's corpse and then took it to Vegas from San Antonio, Texas. That's a long drive. What do you mean? I'm so confused. Okay, I got to finish this. Um, <laughs> the claim resulted in many people getting sucked into Dyer's scam. Dyer called the creature Hank. <laughs> what do you mean? Dyer called the creature Hank. I thought it was Bigfoot. Now he's Hank. Dyer called the creature Hank and started touring the body around the United States, charging people to view it. Interesting. What the fuck? Uh, To view the body, which lay beneath plexiglass in a wooden coffin, adults were charged $10 and children were charged $5. The sold-out tour eventually pulled in close to half a million dollars. Of the creature, Dyer stated, DNA, DNA sequences, scans, autopsies, everything you can imagine it was being done. Some in the media endorsed Dyer, including Andrew Clackey. I don't know who that is. And he's not a self-proclaimed Bigfoot skeptic, so I don't even believe him. (laughs) Critics soon pointed out that Dyer had pulled off a Bigfoot hoax in 2008. It goes deeper. And called for Dyer to release more open testing. Throughout the course of the hoax, Dyer repeatedly slandered anyone who openly spoke up about him. Uh-oh, don't come after us, brother. Uh, many suggested this tactic was just more proof that Dyer was hoaxing again. Ooh. Professor Don Jeffrey Meldrum at the Department of Anthropology in, at Idaho State. God, the, there's so many people involved in this. Uh, that thing has clearly... Uh, Right. I mean, this is an Idaho State University. I mean, this thing's from Texas. Um, This thing has clearly been fabricated to depict a specimen that has been dissected. It smacks of images of alien autopsy. Responding to the controversy, team members working with Dyer on the touring and Bigfoot projects overall confronted Dyer. 
And uh, Andrew Clackey, uh, the guy from earlier, he was a spokesperson for the project. Uh, and he wrote, I confronted Mr. Dyer in Daytona on my suspicions of authenticity. And he admitted to me personally that the body of Hank was not a real body, but rather a, con a construct of a company from Washington State, which was paid for by Rick Dyer. I am available and willing to cooperate with any federal and state law enforcement investigation should they arise. Ooh. He immediately flew back to Australia and abandoned both the product and Dyer. <laughs> the, oh my God, there's so many people involved in this. Uh, with his crew leaving, Dyer announced on his Facebook page that Hank was indeed a fake. Chris Russell of Twisted Toy Box in Washington admitted he had manufactured Hank at Dyer's request using latex, foam, and camel hair. Whoa. Dyer had told Russell the prop was for a movie about killing Bigfoot that he was shooting, and he also wanted a baby Bigfoot and a female to be created. Russell started receiving threatening phone calls, emails, and other contact for making the prop, and so decided against making the rest of the Bigfoot family. Russell stated, I was asked to make the prop look like a poorly made, old and rotten taxidermy prop that had not been preserved correctly. Dyer did send photos and drawings taken from the internet asking for certain features to be replicated. Dyer maintains that he actually does have the body of a real, real Bigfoot that he shot and killed, but can't produce it. What in the actual what fuck kind of mean? rabbit hole did we just go down? <laughs> what do you mean? What just happened? <laughs> what just happened? We to need me? to. This is crazy. We need to compare research tactics because I found nothing like this. See, this is what happens. I just, I just be, I just be clicking. Maybe, links, yeah. So maybe I need to just start just clicking things, dude. <laughs> you mean to tell me he made half a million dollars? Off of something that was fake and like someone knew it was fake the whole time. And he would just like, yeah, we're just going to hope this guy doesn't speak out. That's, That's crazy. A lot of... Wait, hold on. There's a follow-up. Okay. There's a follow-up. There's a follow-up. This is the aftermath. Okay. On his Facebook page, Dyer posted, from this moment on, I will speak the truth. No more lies, tall tales, or wild goose chases to mess with the haters. Hey, Not the, the haters! haters. <laughs> It's always the it haters. really is always. I the did haters. everything right. I did everything right, and they called my Bigfoot a fake. Um, I never treated anyone bad. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a okay. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. I did everything right, and they called my. What does that mean? Oh, I was making a joke about Trump. Oh, oh, okay, love it. Where he's like, I did everything right, and they still indicted okay. me. Gotcha. So, no <laughs> I'm a joker. I play around. That's just me. Coming clean about everything is necessary for a new start. From this moment on, I will speak the truth. I'm just imagining him saying, I'm just a silly little guy. I'm just a silly little guy. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a 62-year-old baby. <laughs> I'm just a baby. Um, this is in March of 2014. This is two years later. So Benjamin Radford, deputy editor of the Skeptic magazine Skeptical Inquirer, stated if Bigfoot researchers wish to be taken seriously, they could start by cleansing their own house. Damn, gather Dude. them. Uh, not skeptics nor ridiculing public, but instead those who provide an endless stream of bogus claims and evidence. 
In 2013, Dyer was one of the four Bigfoot hunters who participated in the documentary Shooting Bigfoot, America's Monster Hunter. Why do they want to shoot him? <laughs> I guess. Like, if, right. What did he do? <laughs> why, are we so, why are we as a culture? I'm sorry to go on this rant. I'm sorry. But why are we as a culture so dead set on killing things that we don't know or understand? That's really like, the true. What Texas is he done wrong? I don't, but also a baby and a, a female. He was gonna take out all of Bigfoot's family. Yeah, like genocide, bro. He was he was gonna fool genocide Bigfoot. I mean, like, and I honestly thought about Bigfoot, but he, I just was like, he's so wide ranging. I didn't know if he really fit with like, if I'm doing an episode on like Texas, like even Chupacabra, I was a little like, mm, but it's so ingrained in our culture. Yeah. I was like, I'm talking about Chupacabra for sure. Do you want to hear about the 2008 hoax? Please, Are we in this now? Is this the, is this the Rick Dyer podcast? <laughs> um, okay, August 12th, 2008. Oh, we just passed its anniversary. Oh, nice. um, Matthew Witten and Dyer released a press release and went on Steve Cole's radio show, Squatch Detective. Steve oh, Cole. <laughs> Squatch Detective. Oh, that's so funny. What is happening? Uh, to announce they had a dead Bigfoot body in their position. Oh, my God. This is the same thing. Oh, is it? He did this twice. Oh. Um, after initially leaking grainy footage that showed Bigfoot, they presented the carcass encased in a block of ice at a conference that was only open to the press. Can anybody call a press release? Who was this guy before this? I mean, if the press is interested like, in your can story, can you just do that? You know, but like you're just like I'm call I'm calling a press release, like, and people just show up. Like, why would anyone give a fuck anyway? Okay. <laughs> the nuances. The two things. announced that they found a seven foot, seven inch, five hundred pound creature. Okay, fit. Well, do you say daddy? No, I just said seven inches. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I thought I said seven <laughs> foot, seven inch, five hundred pounds. I thought you went daddy. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. While hiking in North Georgia in June. Georgia, Texas. What is going on? They also stated that they had spotted about three other similar creatures after making the discovery. According to Dyer, it took them a day and a half with six men to carry out Bigfoot. All while being followed by other Bigfoot creatures. What? Tom Biscardi joined. Who's Tom Biscardi? He has a link. A very important part of his plot. Uh, Carmine Thomas Biscardi is a cryptozoology enthusiast, Las Vegas promoter, internet radio host, and film producer. He describes himself as the real Bigfoot hunter. Okay, so this guy showed up and joined Witten and Dyer for the news conference, stating, Last weekend, I touched it. I measured its feet. I felt its intestines. What? <laughs> Seven feet, seven inches, 500 pounds. I bet you were feeling that. <laughs> I bet you were, dog. Uh, and lauded its authenticity. As it thawed, however, the claim began to unravel as a giant hoax. No oh. fucking way. Jerry, really? Yeah, Jerry Perino, owner of the <laughs> internet Halloween costume retailer, thehorrordome.com, said that the um, costume definitely looks like our costume after viewing photos of Dyer's Bigfoot. Upon further inspection, it was confirmed that the corpse was, in fact, a costume stuffed with a possum roadkill entrails in slaughterhouse leftovers. Oh. Ew. 
National Geographic called the hoax a short-lived one, and the whole affair lasted only a few days. Upon being exposed, Dyer said that an unnamed government agency confiscated the real Bigfoot body and believing that he needed to produce something, fabricated the hoax. My guy. My guy. What are you doing? (laughs) That is so funny. So this guy showed up and was like, dog, I know it's real. I touched it. I felt its guts. And its guts were just opossums. Oh, Ew, this is so nasty, dude. What's wrong with this guy? Oh, this is really fun. So in his little bio on Wikipedia, it says Rick Dyer, nationality American, other names Ricky Dyer, occupation used car salesman. Used car salesman. Known for Bigfoot hoaxes. Oh, man. What is going down? I love this. That's so I, I love this rabbit hole. This is hilarious. So I now, so now that makes sense that this is saying no one shot Bigfoot, but here's five Texas cryptids you could. That is so hilarious. So he tr- he tried this twice with the same exact thing. I was wondering how, like, how the fuck can you like carry around a decaying corpse, even if it was like a bear, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, it's just a, t- it's just a, it's just a mannequin. And no, the but, second but, one. But Serafina. Yeah. If at first you don't succeed. Try, try again. I try again. At least this time he kept fucking possums and slaughterhouse leftovers out of it. My man is very committed to his, his He's work, so dude. Co- and where's he been since 2012? We need another hoax, dude. Let's go. <laughs> that is so I, funny. I think the internet got a little too real for him. I don't think he'd get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I think about that all the time. Like what the internet used to be like, what it's and like, what it is now where it's like, yeah. things are so different now than they used to be. And I, for good reason, I'm not complaining about it, but like the stuff you used to get away with on the internet or like that used to be like yeah. common inner internet culture where it's like, dude, I bet like in today's world, like Rick Dyer, like the, like Gen Z would be like, post a TikTok of it. Let's see him. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Where's where's the evidence? Where's, where's the proof? evidence? You know, oh, that's so. Baker didn't happen. Right, and also it could be AI now, and we'd have no fucking idea. That's very true. That's see, Rick, come back. There's AI. You can make <laughs> him fucking hit the luddy. Like, come on, dog. Let's go. We yo. <laughs> that is so funny. I cannot. I I almost want to read. Like, is there an? Is there? I just want to. I don't want to leave this rabbit hole. It's so comfy in here. That is so funny. So now, so now with that in mind, I'm going to reread that last part of the Houston Press article because it's funnier. Where he's talking about don't go and kill the uh, Batman, uh, but uh, five rounds will cost you eight hundred dollars. But no one said monster hunting was cheap. That's probably why Rick Dyer freezes ape costumes and charges people to look at them instead. Add the shade. That is so funny, Jeff Ro- Jeff Roner. J-E-F, Jeff, Runer, R-O-U-N-E-R, mm-hmm. I guess, is probably how you would say that. If not, I'm so sorry. Uh, his bio is amazing, too. It says, in parentheses, it just says, not sis, he slash him. So you know what, Jeff? I hope you're having a great fucking day. <laughs> Jeff is an ally. Wait, listen to this <laughs> bio. Is a contributing writer who covers politics, pop culture, social justice, video games, and online behavior. He is often a professional annoyance to the ignorant and hurtful. Jeff, I I love you. 
I, we are a fan of you. I Jeff. fucking worship yeah. you, dog. And honestly, this is hilarious to give fucking weapon suggestions to hunt. It's so funny. This is so funny. Thank you, Jack. I just know that he, he was probably being so cunty when he was well, writing that. He probably felt so good about himself. And he should. <laughs> he should. February 3rd, 2014, this guy popped off. This was before Homie even made his little Facebook post where he's like, I won't lie to you anymore. This was, oh, he yeah. was Jeff, you were you were a month ahead of the curve. <laughs> we love that. Jeff is a scholar of our times. Honestly, I really love that. I what else has he written recently? Oh, he still writes. Watch it be like, why should gay support Trump? No, actually, <laughs> I don't think so. Opinion: Trump's indictments aren't aren't karma. Uh, go on. Let's see, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This was an episode on Texas cryptids, and now you're just in for the ride. Sorry, guys, I do this. I just ain't no apologize. This is this is fascinating stuff here. No, actually, yeah, this article is great. It, it, he's just he's basically just saying um, when when so Trump was indicted for the fourth time last week. I mean, this just happened. Um, this time for the you know interfering with Georgia's elections, he saw a lot of people celebrating this online, and one word kept coming up over and over again, which is karma. Um, that this was karmic retribution for Trump trying to overthrow the government to stay in power, and he says bollocks. What's happening to Trump is not some kind of divine punishment or universal justice asserting itself. It's the hard and dangerous work of regular humans doing it at significant personal risk. Calling it karma is a dereliction of our duty to make the world a better place. Fucking go off, Jeff. All right, Jeff. Jeff, do you want to come onto the show? Honestly, Jeff, I'm about to reach out because I love you and your writing. (laughs) Jeff, I'm a huge fan. He wrote an article about how the phase go woke, go broke has never really held up in practice, which is true. (gasps) He has an article called Houston Goths at the Beach. Houston Goths at the Beach. They say vampires explode in the sun, but that's a myth. Houston photographer Marcus Sabum has the evidence. He's been shooting a lot of goth models on Galveston beaches this summer. <gasps> I, I think that I that. love Jeff. I think that I love Jeff, and I think that there might be... Oh, opinion, the link between Kennergy and radical misogyny. Dog, I've been writing an episode about this. Jeff? Jeff. Jeff is our guy. Jeff, are you fucking kidding me? How pop culture witches fail real witch hunt victims. Jeff, this is we're the same person. Jeff, I love you. What the hell? <laughs> oh my gosh, Jeff. I think you're wonderful. Jeff is that guy. Jeff is that guy. Dude, he writes a lot of goth stuff. 10 tips for new goths and baby bats in Houston. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> Jeffrey, I don't, I don't know if your name is really Jeff. It's just Jeffrey. It's just Jeff. We love that. So anywho, <laughs> <laughs> so anywho, uh, if you need, if you want to go, uh, you know, hunt in uh, Texas for cryptids, follow Jeff's ruling. We support him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're big Jeff fans on this podcast. <laughs> Honestly, this is a Jeff podcast now. <laughs> that oh my gosh sorry for hijacking your shit but i could not i'm into it bro <laughs> i'm here for this <laughs> we've learned so much now i know so much about rick dyer i wonder what he's up to nowadays no i need to know more about rick dyer honestly. i yeah i'm really interested like where what happened to him is oh wait hold on i found his imbd page mm-hmm. if it's the same guy wait this guy doesn't look like what i thought he 
would look like. He's younger than I thought he was. <gasps> this is him. This is the guy. Hold on, guys. The rabbit hole is not over. I mean, he was he last year. There's a, a series that came out that's called The Proof Is Out There, and that was in 2022, and he was in one episode of it. So he's like still out and about. That's so interesting. I wonder. Uh, I, I hope he's having a, a, the day he deserves. Yeah. <laughs> the day he deserves. Well, thank you. Thank you for teaching us about Texas cryptids because um, I yeah. didn't know some of them. The The Wampus Cat's really fun. Thank you for pulling up that amazing article. <laughs> You're like, welcome. That's just some good stuff right there. Yeah, and, that's really uh, hilarious. I don't think that Texas cryptids was maybe as like uh, interesting as I'd hoped it would have been. But I did my best, guys. You know, I was called out and I had to stand up for myself. And I mean, I think you did a good job. I bet that there is probably some really cool ones that have been maybe. Um, I feel like Texas is really big on its how it looks. So, mm-hmm. like, there's probably like a lot of like Cherokee stuff that like we just don't know about or haven't heard because of yeah, you know the the Christians, the church. I guess <laughs> I should say the church. Yeah, I did a bunch of like. Kind of researching and cross-referencing, then I kind of just went with the ones whose names kept popping up. And so I was like, okay, Kato yeah. Creature, I've seen like three or four things about you. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Wampus Cat, you're cool. You keep coming up, you know? And so it just kind of right. went from there. And yeah. But it was uh, it was fun for me to research. I'm like, like I think Wampus Cat's my favorite, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's fun. And I like, I like the name, too. But it's definitely interesting. It's interesting to... It's interesting how there's two stories. It kind of goes back to the first episode I did where it was like, well, you know, the church tells one story, but then history tells another story. And it's like they're two very similar stories, but opposite in the way that counts when you're trying to oppress people. (laughs) The first one you did was History of Cheese, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. It's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Keep an eye on the skies around NASA and keep your weapons on you for Bigfoot. (laughs) Stay odd, Arcadia.